Saturday morning, hour number two of uh, The Legal Show, right up until 11 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Again, coming up right after uh, this show at 11, Leo Laporte. And then from 2 to 5, The Fork Report. And I think uh, Neil is doing stupid Valentine stuff. Everything in the shape of hearts. And uh, coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, Mo Kelly, then Monique Marvez from 8 to 10. And then from 10 to midnight is Brian Suits. That is our lineup for a Saturday. Tomorrow morning is Elizabeth Espinoza from 5 a.m. to 6. Uh, Then Jesus uh, shows up. And uh, then the uh, home show with Dean Sharp. And what's he going to talk about? Oh, soundproofing. That was it. Today he's going to talk about soundproofing. What happens is on Wednesday... We do a segment, and it's a primer, if you were, uh, or uh, it's uh, trailers, upcoming events. And that is uh, what happens on Wednesday, and then he expands on it on uh, on uh, Sunday. All right, phone number, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. That's the phone number here. It's top of the hour, and you know the drill by now if you've been listening for uh, any time whatsoever. Uh, that's the best time to call because inevitably I'll run into someone and will say, Bill, I can't get through. I mean, I'm always trying to get through, and I say, what time do you normally call? Well, you know, 10 after, uh, quarter to, uh, top of the hour. Now, we do have lines open when I zip through phone calls when uh, you are uh, incredibly stupid, which happens on a regular basis, and I have no patience whatsoever, and I hang up on you or I do a quick yes, no, goodbye, you're done, then we go through them fairly quickly. But uh, spend some time. So this is the phone number to call if you want marginal legal advice, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. So uh, what are inevitably case after case after case that I've heard over the years, and that is the neighbor stuff. And uh, this one in Germany, uh, and this is an interesting take, and it actually makes sense. So, uh, my neighbor has a tree, and the leaves come over and clog up my swimming pool. My neighbor has a tree that uh, is a mess, right? That uh, the nuts fall down, the olives, if you have an olive tree, good God, you have no idea what a mess that is. We have an olive tree, and actually we spray it, we neuter it. I don't know if you've ever gelded an olive tree, but you can actually do it. It's a spray gelding uh, that you do once a year, so there's no olives. All right, so now, in Germany, uh, there is uh, there was a court case. Uh, a woman sued her neighbors for uh, $5,000 in damages to her car. Car was in, the, par- in uh, the driveway. Neighbor next door had walnut trees, right? A nice wind comes up. Walnut trees fall from neighbor's house, and it's a good, healthy wind, and uh, the walnuts start slamming against the uh, car, and she, by the time she wakes up in the morning, there's, I mean, it's pretty dented up. You know, little nicks, scratches. It had to be repainted, five grand, which is what it costs these days to paint a car, if not more. So uh, she gets sued for about $5,000 in damages. All right. So the defendant argued that the uh, branches of uh, the walnut tree uh, extended, did not extend onto the property. 
of the plaintiff. In other words, we, I didn't have any tr- branches hanging over. Matter of fact, they were a good six feet away on my property, and just the walnuts came flying over during a win. Now, normally I would answer that question with, you know what? You're, it's your problem. It's your walnuts. Your walnuts caused the damage to her car. You know what the judge said? Tough nuts. I don't know if he actually said tough nuts. I don't know if it works that way in, uh, in Germany. But here it is. You're allowed to have walnuts. This is an act of God. You did everything reasonable. It's not as if you planted the tree right next to the property line. You planted it far enough away. And if God decides that he's going to uh, put a, a wind down that's strong enough to move those walnuts over, hey, sue God. You can't sue the neighbor. The neighbor did everything reasonable. See, I would have gone the other way. I said, uh, uh, you know, you're, these are your nuts. Of course, that's hard to say to a woman, but these are your nuts, and uh, you're responsible. So the judge went uh, the other way on that. And it makes sense. You could have gone either way. This is what we call, I call a wobbler. It could have just, yeah, A or B doesn't even matter. All right, uh, let's start with the phone calls. Let's start with you. Daniel, uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. I don't really have a case to ask you about. I'm actually... Taking my LSAT this morning. Wow. I didn't know had any words of wisdom. Okay. Uh, the, for those that don't know what the LSAT is, it's the law school aptitude test that you have to take before you go to law school. They take into account the schools that you apply for. And Daniel, I know you know this, but this is for people that are listening. Before you go to a law school, uh, you the two, two things are taken into account. Your grades and uh, the LSAT. Also, where you live, the poorer you are, the better you are, the more minority you are, the better you are, the more uh, better chance, the more handicapped you are. Uh, uh, one leg is better than two legs, for example, when uh, applying to law school. You know that. Uh, diseases are very, very good, especially terminal diseases. Uh, open shankers on your face, very strong when applying to law school and sending in uh, the, your photo with the application. Anyway, let me tell you what I did, uh, Daniel, that actually made it easier for me. Cocaine. <laughs> lots and lots of cocaine. And it worked. Anybody will tell you, there's no, they, you've done all the preparation you have, right? You're done with that. Yes. Yeah, all you, all you can do is relax. All, you know what you can do? All you can do is assume you are going to do just crappy. Just assume that you are going to be, you're going to walk in and effectively uh, the application is going to be deemed uh, a special needs application. All right. Oh, that's great because I've been assuming that all week. Good. And if you do that, then the pressure's kind of off. I suck anyway. And I'm serious. You do better. When I took the bar, people that nailed it or said they nailed it inevitably failed. People that said, I know I failed, usually failed too. Those of us that said, I have no idea probably didn't do well we all passed great so awesome there, well there you go you all right yeah no it's you got it good luck to you the lsat i don't even i don't remember the lsat i remember the bar lots of cocaine for the bar too uh, yeah i was uh, president of my, uh, my alumni uh, alumni organization after graduating law school because of publicity i got for surrogate parenting so they wanted someone who had a fairly high profile and i would go around uh, to colleges and talk about our law school and inevitably, college students would uh, say, you know, how tough is the bar and how do you prepare? And I said, yeah, cocaine. No, I did, incidentally. I was higher than a kite when I uh, took the bar. 
Although that's expensive. I mean, cocaine, you know, if they pat you down, there's a, there's always an issue there. But sure worked for me. Good for you, Handel. There's advice to uh, up-and-coming lawyers. Oh, here's the other one. Get out of law. That's a good one uh, because you're going to probably spend a quarter million dollars borrowing money to go to law school, and then you're going to get a job at $38,000 a year owing all this money. So it's a tough one. All right, let's uh, go ahead and uh, take a break. Oh, uh, no, we don't have a net spot here. Uh, let's, uh, we'll take a break. KFI AM by 640 Bill Handel. And uh, good morning on a Saturday. 800-520-1-KFI, 800-520-1534. Oh, yes. Uh, here we go. Hi, Tom. Welcome. Yes, what can I do for you? Yes, I have a father-in-law who's 91. He's been uh, bedridden, and we have uh, caretakers coming in for the last three years. Uh-huh. He's been paying them under the table. He's concerned that if... Somebody were to uh, be uh, disgruntled uh, that they might, you know, turn him in. Would he have penalties? He's a middle income. His house paid for and just a modest, uh, modest. uh, All right. Uh, When you talk talk about bedridden, is he close to death kind of bedridden? Uh, Well, not there yet, but he he needs a wheelchair to be moved. He has to be assisted in every means. So uh, maybe another year. Oh, maybe, uh, yeah. yeah you're, if he's going to last another year, then he shouldn't worry about it because uh, what will happen is if there is, if someone does uh, turn him in, let's say you exactly you have a disgruntled worker who is not happy with the pay or just not happy with the way he or she is being treated, talk to the IRS. By the time this comes down, he'll be dead. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. You know, death cures a lot of, lot of legal issues. Just want to let you know. Uh, you die, a lot of the stuff just disappears. Personal injury claims, for example, disappear when, you, when you're when you dead. Um, lawsuits, again, well, you can go against the estate, but lawsuits, nah, it's tough. Now, uh, it's a legitimate fear, but, uh, you know, the IRS doesn't go very crazy on that stuff. They really don't care. They have a lot of other fish to fry. All right, Mark. Hi, Mark. You're up. Welcome. Hi, hi, hi Bill. My question is, can a trustee evict a life tenant who has violated the terms of the life estate and the trust by renting it out. Probably. Probably. And so the trustee just simply files an eviction notice based on breach. Uh, Effectively, it's a lease. A life estate is a lease that goes on forever. And that's what you're talking about. No one can throw you out as long as the terms of the lease and if the terms of the trust, if the terms of the trust says you are not renting it, and it's been violated. Yeah, yeah. Throw somebody. Yeah, and out. she's all. And the life estate ha- hasn't been using it as her primary residence. Well, if uh, okay, uh, just threw something else into into the into the wind here. All right, how long? So the the life estate. Incidentally, a life estate for the people that don't know what that is. What it says is, I leave to X this property, but. Y has the ability to live there for the rest of his or her life, and you can't do anything about it. You own it, but someone else is going to be living in it and has the use of the property. Now, that's the general concept, and there can be terms because it's through a trust, and one of the terms is you have to live there. 
How long has life estate person not lived in the property? On on and off since. How long? How many years? How many, how many years? How many years? About ten years. About ten years. But on and off. Now, yeah. does the term of the trust say it has to be a uh, continuous uh, living condition, or it just has says to be a primary residence? All right. Now, now you're really talking primary, non-primary. Now you're really parsing it. And uh, that part is, uh, I I think, uh, the trustee would lose on that one as the argument primary, et cetera. But renting it out, if the trust says, if the life estate says you cannot rent it out, yes, you can. However, you can evict. However, if it's been going on for a number of years, then what happens is that the trust is waived or the trust waives its ability to evict. In other words, uh, effectively what the life estate person living there says, okay, I am going to rent it in violation of the trust simply by my actions. You do nothing for 10 years. But we haven't had a trustee for until just recently. How do you have a trustee? What happens for 10 years that you don't have a trustee? We I- d- the... Nobody wanted to do it. All until... right. Well, that's not. That's well. Here's the problem. That's not the person living in the in the property's problem. That's your problem. Is that gee, a, a, a landlord can take care of the property, responsible for it. But we haven't had a landlord for ten years. Therefore, we're not responsible. Wrong. So, if you want to toss this person out. I suggest you talk to an eviction attorney. I don't know where you're going to go with that, but it's been a long, long time since I've done evictions. So I didn't want to, he didn't want to hear that. Did he did not want to hear that. All right. Uh, Why don't we take a a little bit of an early break and then we can go ahead and do as many phone calls as possible through uh, the next segment. This is handle on the law. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. Boy, I'll tell you. You're right. Now is the network spot. All right. I take back. This is handle on the law. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, please ignore that last statement. Strike that statement from handle. All right. Uh, Simply safe. It's a home security system I've worked with since they were a startup. And I've actually watched them transform into the fastest growing home security company in the country. Right now, protecting over 2 million people, including my daughter, who I put a simply safe uh, system into the condo that she's living in. Well, they've just released their brand new home security system, the all new Simply Safe. It's been completely rebuilt, completely redesigned. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages and downed Wi Fi and cut landlines and bats and hammers and everything in between. And the all new Simply Safe was redesigned to be practically invisible with powerful sensors that are so small you hardly notice them. Uh, but you know who does notice them? Intruders. They know. Which is what uh, Simply Safe spent years doing is building this system, and they've added so much. You still get the same fair and honest price, twenty four seven protection for only fifteen dollars a month, no contract. You install the system yourself. I mean, literally with adhesive, it goes up on the wall, the windows, motion sensors. Uh, there isn't a window door area that is not covered by a Simply Safe system. It's smaller, faster, stronger than anything they've built before. Visit simplysafehandle.com to order. Simplysafehandle.com. Simplysafehandle.com. Now it's time to say handle on the law. All 
Candle here on a Saturday, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Welcome back. Handle on the law. Hello, Bob. What can I do for you? Uh, yes, Bill. I had a account. I have an account with the bank, which uh, I downloaded their apps, and I was using it through doing my payment of all my expenses and doing my banking through the app. Uh, a couple of few days ago, they have removed the password on the app on my access to account. So, and I contacted them. They said I have to go to uh, to a branch and reset my password. And as a result. It basically screwed up my whole uh, life. How so? Is there because I I cannot make the payment. I I am on the road, uh, and in order to make all the payments. Okay, I when are you back. when are you coming back? Well, uh, probably every couple of months. All right, so you're on the road for another two months, is what you're saying? Well, pro- approximately from one to two months. Yes. Okay, so uh, this happened how long ago? Uh, a few days ago. A few days ago. Uh, and like, yeah. and you've talked to the manager of the bank? Talked to the manager, yes. And, they, and I talked to the tech. Yeah. And, and they I said... Tech center. Okay. And they said, uh, too bad, you have to come in in person. Correct. And they're the ones that remove the password. Correct. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting situation because of what they did and you are unable to comply, uh, the, you're going to have some damages. And uh, the damage okay, you're going to have some late payments. So uh, what I suggest you do is huh? contact, and it's, it's a lot of work, but contact all of your creditors where you go in for late payments. Call them <laughs> up or email and say, this is what's going on. They will not what? release my password. I have to go in, and I'm out of the country, and I will be for the next month. And I Well, would- actually, let me... Go ahead. Let me interrupt you. I haven't paid. I have paid because I have to make a phone call and through uh, m- making arrangements, I have made all payments. Oh, okay. The only thing is, I have not been late or anything. All right. So, what's your question? When is if the bank has the right to do that? No. Who might they like probably that? don't. I mean, uh, yeah, they. It's no. They've been jerks. But what do you want? Let me put it that way. But uh, Bob, if you're not late and you were able to make okay. arrangements and you haven't lost your credit. And you had the money to make the payments anyway, and they're sitting in an account, which uh, they should let you uh, change your password from wherever the hell you are. What are your damages? What do you want? Well, I just inconvenience. I I got it. No, it is hugely inconvenient, but all you can do is ask for damages. You can't put the bank in jail. I can't say the damages because except for... What are are the damages? You have to sue for money? That's the only thing you can uh, sue for is money. How much is inconvenience worth? I just want to know what you would sue for. You walk into court, Your Honor, I want. How, how much? I, can, uh, I can't say probably whatever amount I say would be unreasonable. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. You just got it. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Thank you very much. All right. Now, there is, uh, uh, what was I going to say? There is another side of this, and that is, think about this for a moment. If the bank manager let you go in and not do it in person, because in person when you change your password, you have to show all the ID in the world. You've got to show your driver's license. They look at your face. They ask you whatever security questions you have. Because I've done that. I've changed my password. Because for some reason, uh, Bill123 
uh, was just too easy to, to uh, break into. And then I went to Bill 345. That one was kind of stupid, too. Uh, then Bill 000. I, I'm not really good at passwords. Uh, mine are hacked quite a, quite a bit. But I had to go in, had to answer the security questions. You know, what was your dog's first, uh, your first dog's name? I go, How the hell do I remember? I don't know. Yeah, please. You know, I don't know. Fido, Rex, Prince, uh, pick a name. And uh, so what if the bank manager said, okay, you can go. Uh, we'll do it now over the phone. And it was someone who pretended it was you because there wasn't security. And cleaned out the account. How quickly do you sue the bank for that one? So is it unreasonable for the bank? I mean, it's a screw-up. It really is. And it's a hassle. Hey, welcome to the world. You know, stuff happens. It really does. And a lot of people sort of, eh, you know, don't get it. All right, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hey, Bill. Um, two to three years ago, um, I found out my sister had stolen about a, approximately $130,000 from my dad while she was living with him mm-hmm. for about three and a half years. Um, and when we confronted her, I, I conducted a, a series of meetings with her with the rest of my, my siblings. And I recorded every conversation, presented all this recordings and evidence from her uh, to a set of lawyers. And they said, oh, yeah, we had a, an excellent case because it was over $20,000. He said it would cost us about $20,000 to to bring it to justice and uh, that we most likely win. But $40,000 later, we got sort of tricked into settling with her. And she for what? Got, you, settled, you got tricked into settling uh, with her for how much? Um, we had to give her another $34,000 mm. on top of everything. She okay, hold on. Yeah, got- just let me get this right. She steals $130,000. Mm-hmm. You spend $40,000 on legal fees in which the lawyers say you're going to win this, and it mm-hmm. ends with you paying her $34,000 more, correct? My dad's estate. And yeah, out of my dad's estate. Got it. I understand. Well, that's that's six. you. So um, got another sixth out of it. Okay, so uh, you said you were tricked into this. What, what does that mean? Yeah, well, because back and forth, I live here in North Carolina. This happened in London, Ontario. And uh, she, um, so I was dealing with the lawyers by email and by phone, and I have everything saved. And uh, she would tell me, you know, oh, they're, they're, they're wanting to settle. They're wanting to settle. I was talking to her lawyer. She wants to settle. She wants to settle. And we came up with the plan that she said, we said that the only way we'll settle is because she's asking for, she's counterfeiting my dad for another $54,000 because we had to move him from his house into a nursing home because he, he could no longer All right, so, stay in his okay, house. so, okay, uh, so the question is, you sue her mm-hmm. and for the money that she stole and you end up paying her, exactly. And the lawyer tricked you into this. Yeah, he said that they wanted to settle. And I um, understand, but wait, wait, hold on a minute. I'm I'm looking at you. At what point do you say, "Wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense"? Exactly, and I said that. I'm asking you I'm this: Who point. signed off? Who signed off on this? Uh, well, there's four of us that were suing her. Did you sign off? Did you put your name on a piece of paper? Well, I had, well, I had no choice because sure you did. Turned, sure you he did. Turned, he turned on me and said that if I didn't settle, then he was going to go after me. Your lawyer, your lawyer. Wait a minute. Your lawyer said he's going to go after you. Yeah. Oh, geez. Come on. So I wanted to find now, out that, what kind of recourse. I have no idea. I because uh, well, it, because your lawyer should be arrested. Your lawyer should be have his uh, uh, lawyer have his license taken away. I have a hard time believing. No, I don't. Buy, I don't buy it for a second. No one can be this stupid. No one. I mean, this is idiocy on a level I rarely see, and I see a lot of idiocy on this show. Truly, 
I mean, we've sort of hit uh, an interesting level. I mean, let, let me go through that again. You hire a lawyer. The lawyer to you sue someone, lawyer ends up telling you to pay the person that you sued. And if you don't pay them, I, your lawyer, I'm personally going to go after you. I had no choice. Uh, I had to sign. And the lawyer said he'd kill my dog. And I love my dog. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning, 800-5201-KFI. That's 800-5201-534. All right, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. You're up. Hello. Yes, sir. Okay. uh, We are stopped uh, in a car, and uh, we're rear-ended. Okay. Uh, My daughter is in high school. She got a concussion. Um. Happened within the last couple of weeks. Uh, um, she has to stop playing uh, sports, kick off the basketball team, and it's affecting um, her ability to concentrate and grade. And I don't know if I should get a lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's yes. Mercury. The other, the insurance company is Mercury. Yeah, they're pretty good, actually. Uh, I have Mercury, and they, uh, I'm very pleased with them. Uh, but, but, but what difference does it make? Well, here's the difference: a lawyer gets thirty to forty percent. That's correct. So, uh, what if I if I ask for, you know. Three hundred thousand uh, for pain and suffering. Yeah, you're never gonna. You're you'll never get three hundred thousand dollars. And by the way, you're no. gonna end up in trial before they'll pay you three hundred thousand ah. dollars. Oh yeah, there's no. Oh yeah, there's no question. This is a this is a complicated case because you're okay. talking about neurological damage. You're talking about damage stemming from a concussion. Uh, you're talking about how long it's going to last. Uh, the damage she's going to have. Uh, it's going to take a while. Uh, oh no, this this is no easy case. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need a lawyer. I mean, you're not going to do this on your own. You ever had surgery, incidentally? Just real quickly. Uh, tonsils. Tonsils. You do it yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, just wondering. Okay. Uh, you know, you grab it and you. It's it's difficult to do yourself. General surgery is easier. You know, abdominal surgery. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. Uh, Danny. Hi, Danny. Yeah. Hi, Phil. Uh... The reason I'm calling, I had a uh, received a recall notice uh, from a Ford that I owned uh, back in uh, about two years ago because the airbag, the pass, the front passenger airbag is defective and needed to be replaced. Since that time, I made many calls to the Ford dealership, and they keep telling me that they don't have uh, the parts for it. Then I got a letter recently, about uh, two months ago, from Ford saying that. Uh, it would be dangerous to have anybody sit in that seat because of the defective airbag. Yeah. So my question to you is, number one, what recourse do I have? And two, can I disable, is there a law against me disabling that airbag? I think think there is. I don't think you can, I don't think you can uh, disable an airbag. That's my guess. Uh, and it's a, you want an airbag no matter what. I mean, you know, a little bit of shrapnel going into your chest is not the end of the world. You know that, don't you? 
uh, as opposed to flying through a windshield. You know, it's, it's six to one, half a dozen together. They may be acting totally reasonably, too, because you've got, I'm assuming it's a Tanaka airbag. Uh, they've only yes. recalled 20 million of those. Somebody has to be at the 19,999,000 position. Uh, also, Tanaka's in bankruptcy. They're going to, yeah, I know that doesn't change anything. That, does, that doesn't change anything. They're still yeah. manufacturing the, uh, the airbags. That's uh, a financial issue with creditors, actually, more than anything else. Uh, so, and then borrowing money and, uh, so, but, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, you can ask for a replacement of the car itself and, uh, the, a lot of companies do that. Uh, Volkswagen did that with the emissions, uh, that you had, a, you had a choice. Uh, you could go in and just replace uh, the car. So ask. Well, another, yeah. Oh, another yeah. issue, Bill, if I try to sell the car. Uh, I, I need to tell the Yes, you do. No, there's no question. That's why all uh, instantly the valuation of the car goes down. You know, there are lawsuits out there, I am sure, and you get to do some research on this. And all you have to do is look up lawsuits, uh, Ford, uh, whatever model you have, the, throw in the word Ford, lawsuit, the model number, recall, and see what firm is handling them, because I guarantee you're not on your own. Uh, there, I'm sure there's a class action suit going on, and you're already part of it. But ask the lawyer uh, who's involved, the law firm, because it's going to be a pretty good sized law firm, and say where and uh, tell them where you sit. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. You can't win for losing on that one because you have uh, Ford uh, is trying to replace them as quickly as possible. Uh, they're doing everything they can. What do you do with 300,000 cars or a million point two cars out there? I mean, and they can't get the parts. Because uh, they're not producing them uh, quickly enough. Uh, it is a mess. All right. Uh, there is a reason I've been telling you about LifeLock's identity theft protection for so many years. First of all, because I'm such a huge fan. And here's a stat. You know, one in four people have experienced identity theft or attempted identity theft. LifeLock can help detect threats to your identity you may not even know are out there. Uh, there's a, a guy named Christian. Uh, he's a sound engineer who joined LifeLock because he said, from my perspective, I know my information is out there. I don't like it, but that's the reality. In 2014, boy, did his decision prove to be a good one. He received an alert from LifeLock. He learned five cell phone accounts and a department store credit were opened in his name. And when I called LifeLock, they told me, sit back, relax. They would handle it. And they did. Now he says, I'm going to be a member for life. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business, but you don't have to deal with identity theft on your own. That's a nightmare when you do that by yourself. Go to lifelock.com or call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE, 10% off your LifeLock membership. Lifelock.com, 10% off, or call, and that's uh, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is... Handle on the law.
40 handle here on a uh, Saturday. Sorry, I ran down the hall. Did I mistime that again? How long was that? A whole minute? Wow. Hope you like the music. I've never heard it before. Have you? I literally mistimed it. Down the hall, getting coffee, just... Let me relax a minute. Until I'm in shape. All right, can we play something real quick? You know, just uh, play some music while I'm relaxing for a minute. I don't care. No, not this one. Everybody's sick of this. Oh, God. Now, all right, let's just do it. What the hell? We have our new guy here, Blake. He doesn't quite understand how this show works. It is the most disorganized show you have ever heard on radio in your life. Not only is it marginal legal advice, it's also organized. We know exactly what we're doing. You know when I started doing handle on the law? Are you ready for this? This will this will tell you how wonderful that I, I do this, how well I do this. Blake, you have any idea when handle on the law started? Any idea? Um, before I was born. I yeah, that. probably. When yeah. were you born? Ninety-one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm well, go with eighty-seven. Close, eighty-five. Oh okay. All right. God, handle, you're still alive. I'm surprised you can remember anything. All right, let's uh, let's do it. Uh, this is handle on the law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay. Now, oh, here's uh, one, New Hampshire. We get this all the time. We're constantly getting things like this. This is New Hampshire. Supreme Court is uh, beginning a hearing, hearing the case of three women who, what are they doing? They're challenging a city or challenging a city ordinance that bars them from going topless at a beach. They're part of the Free the Nipple campaign, which I've always enjoyed. And I want to point something out. Whenever anybody is part of the... Free the nipple campaign. The last nipples you want to see on this planet are the nipples belonging to these women. Just want to point that out. So they were arrested a couple years ago after they took off their tops at a beach, refused to put them back on. When beachgoers complained, cops show up, put them back on. They say, no, we have a right. There's no state law forbidding female toplessness, although there is a city ordinance And they're calling uh, that law, the city law, unconstitutional. Why? Because it's gender-based discrimination. Because men don't have to cover their nipples. And they're saying, therefore, if men don't do it, we don't do it. And the town ordinance supporters say, this is for the protection of families and children. And this isn't Europe where people walk around topless. I don't know if you've ever been to a topless beach in Europe. I have. That is not a pleasant sight. Oh, trust me. Oh, just the nipples. And the uh, on the way to the beach, the, the damage it does to the nipples as uh, they drag along and the gravel hurts them is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's tough. So anyway, are they going to win? No. Why are they not going to win? They're not going to win because men and women are different. And you have to accept the fact that women's breasts are far different than men's non-existence breasts. And it's, hey, just accept the fact that, yep, there is discrimination. It's just that simple, right? 
Uh, okay, how about this one? Uh, you have ritual circumcisers, moils, right? That's uh, Jewish ritual circumcision. They only do men. They only circumcise males. Boy, that's illegal. Well, here's the problem. That's discrimination. Yeah, women don't have those parts. Men do. Accept it. It's different plumbing. And it's diff- It's a different societal view of this. And uh, no, it's just... Discrimination. I mean, at some point, there's discrimination. Well, how about this one, where they do hold, and this is a problem. For example, the armed services, police, fire department, hold the men and women to the same standards in terms of lifting, in terms of speed, and there is a biological difference. I mean, you have to accept it. Uh, When's the last time, for example, you saw anybody playing in the NBA who was uh, an Eskimo? Short, squat, heavy set. Biology is different. And by the way, that one, uh, you'd have a harder time arguing that that's not discrimination when you're talking about just talking about the differences between the Inuits. I had that made absolutely no sense. But an analogy was going to work there someplace. I just didn't know where it was. All right, let's go ahead and take some uh, phone calls. Tracy, we'll start with you. Hi, Tracy. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was wondering if uh, there's a way to change ownership of a life insurance policy. A mom bought a life insurance policy for their daughter, you know, many, many years ago, been paying on it. The mom passed away. You mean at will? The ownership after the mother died? Yeah. How do you change change ownership of a life insurance policy after someone dies? No, what I'm saying is that beneficiary, it's a mother and daughter. The mother bought it a long time ago when she was a kid, paid and paid and paid. The mom passed away, and before she passed away, they didn't get paperwork done correctly or in time. And the beneficiary, which is the daughter, now just wants to take over the policy because she's, you know, it would be her own life insurance. Why didn't she? Why wait? Why didn't she just get the money? Why didn't Why didn't the insurance company just pay pay uh, pay out the money? No, it's the 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 person. The life insurance policy is on the daughter. The daughter is still alive. Oh, the mom oh, is the one who oh, took it out. I get it. So now, no, the estate owns it. Uh, and, uh, no, you can't just arbitrarily change the ownership. The estate owns uh, the policy. Uh, ownership doesn't change until the owner decides it's going to change. Right. And now she's gone. Yeah, and I get then, it. And there's just. Well, okay. Well, they they contacted the insurance company. The insurance company said it has to go through probate. Right, right. It has to go through. Mom had nothing. uh, But you have to open up. But you have to open up a probate. Well, yeah, yeah. Probably the insurance company is demanding it. But maybe you can do a summary probate. But uh, let me uh, ask: what's what's the size of the policy? Oh, it's not much. It's one of those policies, you know. I mean, I don't know what the company is, but, you know, you pay on it, pay on it, and it's like a $5,000 policy or 6000 But they've been paying on it for years. They have nothing. They're, you know, they have no money. There was, she died with, you know, Oh, I see. You're, you're talk- so you're talking so- about whatever, well, usually those policies, uh, you have to figure out that, uh, yeah, it has to be a whole life policy. So there has to be some cash value to it. Um, right. Uh, you know, the problem is that there's no estate, and normally the trustee or the executor of the state can make that transference. So uh, you want to ask the insurance company, is there any way to bypass the probate? Because this is the only asset, and no one's going to open a probate for $5,000. So there has, to be right. a, there has to be a way to waive that, and you want to call the insurance company, and you want to go up 
uh, talked to the vice president in charge of no probate uh, insurance policies. There has to be a vice president in charge of those someplace. But, you, I mean, you have a point. That's a little complicated for sure. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning, uh, coming up right after the show at 11 o'clock, Leo Laporte. Phone number 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Hello, uh, Cheney. Do I have that right, Cheney? Yes, Yes, you do, so you have that right. Okay, what can I do for you? Okay, question is, I make barbecue grills out of the 55-gallon drums, okay? And a lot of people come to me, they want me to put the team logo on the barbecue grill. Now, personally, I don't make the logos. I send them, and they go purchase the logo from another individual. They come back and bring it to me, and I install it. My question is, would I be uh, infringing on um, um, copyrights of the team that I'm installing these logos? Uh, well, no, it's, not, it, it, it's their problem uh, if they're the logo. I wouldn't uh, because if it turns out that there is uh, a copyright on those logos, you're going to get caught up in it, Cheney. Let them put it. Let them just uh, put uh, you know glue the logo on. What difference does it make? Okay, okay, so... Don't get involved with it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch it. And are they reselling the drums? No, 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 no. I I purchased the drums. I make the barbecue. No, I know. But they want to put. Why would they put their logo on it? Why would they? Why would anybody put a logo on your drums? No, they want me to put it on. I understand. Uh, Why? Why would they want you to put their logo on? They won't. Okay, they want me to. No, we getting it all wrong. They. They want me to install their logo. Yes. Okay, but they want to represent their football team. Um, oh, oh, you're talking about, oh, you're just talking about a football team. Uh, yeah, so it's not, it's, okay, it's not for resale or anything. No. Yeah, it no. doesn't matter. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah, so they're gluing a football team logo on. That's fine. Uh, yeah, you're, it's not for resale. It's not a commercial. Uh, no, the school, I mean, theoretically, they could say cease and desist, stop putting our logo on. You'll be fine. I wouldn't. I oh. wouldn't worry about it. Okay, good, great. Then. Oh, 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 what about if I purchase the logo and put it on my grill? And it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You're you're responsible for any screw up anyway. And as long as they're not being resold, you're fine. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, all right, you're thank fine. You, all right, not a problem. Uh, yeah, football logo. Yeah, who cares about that? Uh, John. Hi, John. Hello. Yes, Hello, sir. Bill. Yes. Hey, Bill, I met you twice. I listen to your radio almost every Saturday. I lo- love it. Oh, good. That's your job. What can I do for you, uh, my man? Uh, Bill, I um, I win a jury trial case in commercial eviction case. Okay. And during the trial, the uh, the uh, the other party it dissolved the business, it dissolved the uh, the business business incorporation by the state. Now, my question is that uh, can I go? Can I uh, do I need to file a motion to uh, to go that person, the owner of the businesses? Uh, I would, but it's it, it depends if they dissolved it for the purposes of averting a creditor, you a judgment, uh, uh, a judgment creditor, you then yes, you can go. I think you can go after the individuals, but if it's just a company that went broke, 
uh, there's no place to go after. I mean, you're just stuck. They're out of the business, whatever you've been damaged. It's like any lawsuit where they don't have the money to pay. They didn't go bankrupt, did they? Did they go bankrupt? Did we just lose them? Yeah, if they went bankrupt, there's no place to go. But if it's simply changing the name, I would go after uh, the the new name. Either I'd amend or I would, uh, uh, well, you have to get a motion, uh, and he does, uh, to bring the the new name of the corporation uh, and incorporate that into the uh, judgment. But, yeah, I think you can do that. I think so. And uh, especially if you're just changing the name of a corporation. For what for purpose? For what what purposes? To avert a debtor? Yeah. Uh, and if it's for some other purpose, there's still liability there. All right. Uh, let me tell you about LifeLock, uh, the identity theft uh, that is uh, so important in terms of protecting you, protecting me. <clears throat> and I've been talking to you about them for so many years. One in four people have actually experienced identity theft. That's an astronomical figure or attempted identity theft. LifeLock can help detect threats to your identity you may not even know exist. Christian is a sound engineer who joined LifeLock because he says, and he knows his stuff, from my perspective, I know my information is out there. I mean, it's for all of us. I don't like it, but that's the reality. In 2014, let me tell you what happened. He received an alert from LifeLock. He learned that five cell phone accounts and a department store credit card were opened in his name. And he said, I called LifeLock. They told me, sit back, relax. They would handle it, and they did. Think he's a happy camper as a member? Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business. But you don't want to deal with identity theft on your own. That becomes a nightmare. And I've been a customer of these folks so many years. My entire family, all four of us. Go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your LifeLock membership. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. Or call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE. 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning, uh, we have some lines open. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. I'm uh, looking at uh, one of these infomercials. I love Saturday morning because I have uh, TV on. Usually I have all the news shows on, which I do. But... Uh, Saturday, I think it's on uh, TV, CNN, and uh, the Nutra Slicer, one of those hand-crank slicers, I damn near called to buy one of those, and remember, I have two of those that I bought uh, over the years because I saw them on TV, and I don't know whether they're good or not because they're still in the box, but it all works out. All right. Back we go. More. Oh, did I say uh, we have? Oh, yeah, I did say we have uh, lines open. 800-520-1KFI. All right. Uh, Fox, do I have that right? Hello, Fox. Hello. Yes, what can I do for you? I got a quick question for you. Um, it may not be too quick, but I was uh, uh, burned in an, at a hospital a few years back, and um, they shot me up with some penicillin. I went in for an earache. They shot me in the butt with some penicillin, and it, Broke my skin all up, tore my skin up. My flesh started peeling off. My neck swelled up. Ooh. They asked me if I if I ever been sh- uh, to the hospital, if I was allergic to it, and I stated to them that I've never been to the hospital, never no broken arms or any any broken limbs, and they just instantly shot me in my butt. Yeah. Okay. My question to you is: Is this still? Will I still be able to pursue them in in, in a lawsuit? For what? For 
for almost killing me. I mean, I'm still dealing with it. Today. Yeah. How are how do you how do they know what you're allergic to? What if you're allergic to gurneys? What if you're you, allergic to the sheets that they use and they put you sure. on the gurney and all of a sudden you break out in a horrible rash and it's permanent damage? Well, you should have known that I'm allergic to sheets. You should have known that I'm allergic to penicillin. Uh, well, even even if I've never been to the hospital. That's huh? the entire point. How are they to know whether uh, you're allergic to anything? How are they at fault? Ah, uh, okay, I got you. Yeah, you see, uh, you if you had told them I'm allergic to penicillin, uh, and they shot you up. That's a different story because they were informed. But they uh, are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's tough. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you're a genius. Okay. Thank you very much. Welcome to the world of uh, real smart people. Drives you nuts, doesn't it? All right. Albert. Hi, Albert. Hey, how you doing, Bill? Yes. What can I do for you, sir? Okay. Um, well, my situation is a little uh, – I, I actually hired a lawyer because uh, what did my dentist? My dentist wind up putting down my – the wrong teeth. Oh, wrong and, teeth uh, or tooth? Yeah, my teeth, the front teeth. Uh, the, all the and, front teeth. Wait a sec. All your front teeth? No, it was only two of them. Two and teeth, and there were the yeah. wrong, and they were the wrong teeth that he pulled out. Exactly. What was he supposed and, to pull out, Albert? He was supposed to pull out just the, the far left front ones, the one in the bottom, because every time I bite, okay, overlap with the other two. So, the top. so let me get this right. The dentist. Knows that the teeth are at the back that he should pull out, and he pulls out the front teeth. No, he pulls out the wrong side. He no. should have pulled out the left. And he All right, so he pulls right. out the wrong. Okay, the wrong side. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so I hired this this lawyer, but this lawyer can give me the runaround. I kept calling him, calling him, and he never he never answered. And when he answered, he said, well, "He said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm turning in the paperwork. It's just going to take a little longer." So it passed like about three months, and so I went over to his office, and then he goes, "Goes, oh, I was about to call you." And he goes, you know what? I feel real bad because I didn't turn in the papers to put the lawsuit. But out of out of my mistake, I'm gonna give you five thousand dollars. And he he paid me. He gave me five thousand dollars just because he messed up. Yeah. My question is, my question is, what about what about he went and got more money? Well, he probably would have gotten more money. No, no, no. What about if he did get paid more money and without letting me know? Oh, you can't do that. How do you know that he got more money? No, that's a, that's, a, that's the thing. I want to. And wait, wait, but he could, but he would, but if he blew the statute, uh, Albert, and oh. the the reason he paid you, can he say if I hear, heard it right, is I didn't do the paperwork in time. Yes. Okay. How long before? Uh, wh- well, when did the dentist pull out your wrong teeth? How long ago was that? Oh, this was like five years ago. Five years ago. So uh, he did, and he didn't file the paperwork. No, that a statute that the statute is blown. He didn't get any money. Believe me, he did not get any money. No one's going to okay. write him a check uh, after a statute is blown. So the only okay. liability is, is uh, that you could sue him for malpractice. But then you have to do the underlying case again. And did they replace your teeth, Albert? Yeah, I went. I went somewhere else, and they fixed it. And how much did that cost you? Uh, actually, I. We got work. We got one of those expense cards that you take out money and you can use it to pay your medicine or medical, or whatever you want to use it. Who gives you the expense? Wait, who gives you an expense card for medicine? Well, is that they take it out of your paychecks. Oh, okay. So you have a. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah. So we could use that. You have a, 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 okay, got it. So you have a, a medical account, yeah. whatever the hell they call so really, it. Really, it came out like a. How much? How much did it cost? How much did that cost you? Fifteen hundred. And so that cost you fifteen hundred dollars to fix. You got five thousand dollars, 
You can sue him, but uh, I think you're not going to get much, Albert. I think uh, you yeah. you didn't do badly. I really don't. Okay. I All right. Sure you got it. Yeah. Yeah. It just it sounds reasonable to me. It costs you fifteen hundred dollars fix. You got uh, thirty five hundred dollars more. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the teeth that they replace are better than your teeth. The implantation. All right, Steve. Hello, Steve. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you, Bill. Hey, I bought a boat takeover payments in 06 for, from a lady for $60,000. So uh, the bank came with a repo man to get the boat, but I had the boat, so they didn't get the boat. So they sent me a bill for 4000 I paid that. I paid the $10,000 in back payments that she was late on, and I've been making boat payments, uh, I don't know, for 13 years now. And back in 2013, I had her called to see what the payoff is. It was 12000 I sent them a check for $12,000. They sent The bank sent a letter back saying that I owe another 24000 because she claimed bankruptcy in 2010. So... Wait, you, uh, so you didn't I, wait. So you kept the you kept her owing the money, and you simply made the payments for her. Uh, yeah, the bank wouldn't transfer the boat in my name. Or why? The in my name? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't the bank transfer? Well, did she transfer title to the boat in your name? You can't do that until you have the pink slip, according to the state of California. Right, but uh, she you can I, transfer. Uh, you can, lien holders still stay on, so maybe I've got it wrong here. But so you didn't do any, you didn't contact the lender and find out what was owed. None of that, correct? Yes, I contact them. They wouldn't talk to me because I'm not on the loan. If that's the case, then uh, you, 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 what are you doing buying the boat? If the lender won't talk to you and all you have is the payments from her, man, think no, about no, no. that, Steve. I, what am I missing no, here? No, I'm making the payments to the, to the bank. But the bank won't talk I, to you, you said. Well, they won't. They won't talk to me because I'm not on the loan. So why would you? So money. so why would you make the payments to a, uh, a a financial institution that won't even talk to you? Well, it it, it seemed like a good deal at the time, Bill. Yeah. Well. Okay. So what's your question? So the question is: After 13 years of paying them, uh, I still haven't received a pink slip. Yeah, you got a mess on your. You, yeah, you've got a mess on your hands. And so uh, that I, is, I, and you have to figure out from the bank, and they still won't talk to you, right? Uh, because well, I, I called and threatened them, and now they talk, and, and now they they're talk. talking to you. Well, they sent me paperwork after after all these years, and it took my accountant eight hours to figure it all right, out. So you never got Wait. paperwork initially from day one. You never said, "I need the paperwork on the loan." You never asked for that. You just took this lady. Here's the payment. She could have been in default the entire time, but she says, "Here's what you owe." Well, that's that's the thing. It is in default this whole time. Yeah, well, that's what I said. You've been in default. The all, great. So be in default the whole time. And the bank doesn't send you anything because the loan's in her name, right? Right. And she doesn't forward the payments to you. Yeah. yeah. No, I make the payments directly. She, did she, the wait a sec. Did she forward you the documents that showed it was in default? Because you know the bank yeah. is sending her those documents. Yes, she so, does. Every time they send her some, she sends it to me. And you never call the bank to cut a deal? Yeah, I, oh, I you, did, okay. Bill. All right, and they wouldn't talk to you. They're playing the runaround game. All right, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Well, let me ask. Okay, the flip side, Bill. She claimed bankruptcy in 2010. They're making me pay that 24000 that they wrote off. Just because she... too? 
No, they when they what they should have done is simply repossessed it. But here is the problem: is that someone is making payments on it, and so they're keeping it alive, and they're just adding junk fees and junk fees and junk fees. What I would do is cut a deal with them: either walk away and let them take the boat; they'll repossess it, or you say, "Hey, look at the amount of money you got. You want to buy? You want to sell a used boat?" I mean, that's it. She's off the hook. She claimed bankruptcy. You could theoretically sue her for fraud, misrepresentation, but that's not going to go anyplace. Those pay for, Bill. I understand. No, it's not because it was all in default. They sent me a letter saying they're not charging me interest for this $24,000. Okay, great. So they're not charging you interest. She's been in default the whole time. You've been paying a loan that's been in default. That's what you have done. Can I sue? No. For what? What did they do wrong? They didn't live up to their loan. She still has a loan. Technically, the loan is right, still in her and it's name. in and it's in default. So what? I, yeah, you obviously, I'm, I'm missing something, uh, and I want to sue them because they want money that's been in default. I, some, I'm missing something there. Truly, this is handle on the law. here and a good morning uh, more handle on the law marginal legal advice all right david hello david good morning yes sir i want to write a letter to my insurance company asking for ten thousand dollars for pain and suffering to my neck resulting from an accident in which i was rear-ended at a dead stop by an uninsured motorist okay that, is that a fair amount uh, it depends how badly were you hurt I will have a, a diagnosis of strain. I'm going to physical therapy. It will be resolved no later than 30 days, and there will be no permanent damage. In okay, my- and how much you think the bill is going to be for the medical bill? I, I don't know, but I, that will be taken care of. I'm just talking no, about... No, I understand, but but that has a lot to do with it. I mean, why, why not $100,000? Okay, I would say the medical bill, let's just say it's going to be uh, with $500. $500, and uh, usually... It used to be that $500, uh, you would get $1,500 total. Used to be, years ago, before the insurance companies started fighting that. Uh, for $500, the insurance company is going to offer you $500. You can ask for whatever you want, but you're going to get, you're lucky if you're going to get $500 to pay for your medical bills. Um, you're not going to get $10,000. You're dreaming. Why do so many attorneys want to handle this case? For, because they, if, if an attorney wants to handle that case for $500 in medical bills, mm-hmm. you grab that attorney. You grab that attorney. Now, so let's say in the, the wildest, based on $500 medical bills, it's going to be a lot more than that, by the way. Uh, if you're treating for uh, a month and you're going there, what, a couple times a week probably, and you're going to go to a doctor that gives you... I'm going to uh, go there three times... Three times a week. Yeah. And uh, so uh, how many? So three times for three weeks, you're talking um, uh, nine sessions, right? Right. Oh, you're probably going to pay at least 150 bucks a session. So you're going to be in there uh, for $1,300, And uh, the insurance company is going to offer the medical bills. They're going to offer you your medical bills. That's it. And the attorney is going to say, no, we want more than that. And the insurance company is going to go, fine, let's go to trial. Let's go in front of a jury. And now 
the lawyer uh, is going to go in front of a jury. You're going to get up there and go, oh, I heard, I heard uh, any objective uh, uh, evidence? Well, no. Uh, anything broken? Well, no. Uh, what do you have here? Well, I have a strain. And who is, uh, which doctor diagnosed you? Well, I, I had a, a, yeah, a strain, and this is the doctor that did it. And the doctor gets up, the doctor gets up on the stand and has to testify uh, that, yes, you have a strain, and yes, you had to go. By the way, subpoenaing the doctor is going to be really fun because the doctor is going to really want to take a day off. Uh, no, he won't want it. He's a surgeon. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, good luck getting him. So there's not going to be anybody there to talk about how serious your strain is. Right. And uh, so uh, the insurance company lawyer is going to get up there and rip you to shreds. And then, because you're not a doctor, you only testify how much you hurt, and then you're going to turn to the jury, and the lawyer is going to say, listen, uh, he went to, uh, to treat for an injury that it was a sprain, right? There's no evidence to prove that it's that, and he is saying the pain and suffering. Now, you've never heard of malingerer, which means uh, someone who just ad- just really talks about the pain and suffering, because you know the people on the jury, all right, take two aspirin and you're done. I was just rear-ended. And I had a headache immediately. And you know what I did? I took some Tylenol, and I was sore for a few hours and the next day, and then I was done. And so if I'm on the jury, I'm going to rip you a new one. So in the end, let's say the jury gives you $5,000, let's say, in the best day of your life. The lawyer gets a third of that. So the lawyer is going to get $1,600 for preparing the trial Spending a day in court and for fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks. You have a lawyer that's willing to do that, you grab him. Yeah. Okay, Just, what the bottom line is what, what should I be satisfied with? You're going it's not what you're gonna be satisfied with, it's what you're going to get. You're lucky if you're going to get your medical bills and five hundred dollars on top of it. Well, I'll get the medical bills. Yeah, of course you will. I'm just saying you're of course you're gonna get medical bills, but you're lucky if you're gonna get beyond medical bills. That's what I'm saying. All right? Maybe he'll throw you 500 bucks. Yeah, $10,000. I want $10,000, too, for a soft tissue injury, uh, of which nine sessions is over. All right. Uh, let me tell you about your home and uh, the safety of your home, security. Now, a home security system, Simply Safe, uh, is a company I've worked with since they were a startup. And I've watched them transform into the fastest-growing home security company in the country, now protecting over 2 million people, including my daughter. I put a system in her house. Well, her condo. Well, they've just rebranded, re-released, not rebranded, re-released their uh, brand new home security system. It's a new Simply Safe, and boy, it, it's tremendous. They've rebuilt it, they've redesigned it. New safeguards protect against power outages and drown and downed Wi-Fi and cut landlines and bats and hammers, anything in between. It was redesigned to be practically invisible. Sensors so small, so powerful, you'll hardly notice them, and. This is what's truly remarkable about uh, Simply Safe. They've not only spent years building the system, it does such a good job. They've added so much, but you still get the same fair and honest price. You can install it. I installed it in about half an hour in my daughter's uh, condo, as I said. And every window, every door, uh, any, all the motion detectors, all of that took me half an hour. Uh, 24-7 protection for only $15 a month and no contract. So visit simplysafehandle.com to order simplysafehandle.com simplysafehandle.com This is Handle on the Law.
KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here on a uh, Saturday morning. Another couple hours to go before Leo Laporte shows up from 11 to 2. This afternoon, Neil Saavedra, 2 to 5. It's all Valentine stuff with Neil. It's all good stuff. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, a case out of Poughkeepsie. Uh, Poughkeepsie? What the hell is Poughkeepsie? What, uh, is that uh, Pennsylvania, Illinois? I don't know. Wherever the hell it is. Anyway, so you've got this gentleman who uh, had uh, gotten nailed for drunk driving uh, back in January of last year. And... Among the losing the license, suspended license, fines, etc., part of his sentence was to attend the victim impact panel, uh, which is a court-ordered program operated by the Council on Addiction Prevention and Education of the county. And the program contains several volunteers whose lives have been impacted uh, by serious or fatal crashes uh, related to drunk drivers. Uh, his name is David Kilmer. And uh, uh, here is uh, his problem, is that he showed up to the victim impact panel drunk. See, you can't do that. You, When the court orders you to go to some kind of an alcohol-related program, you can't show up to that program drunk. Now, he said he didn't. Oh, the other thing, of course, is they nailed him for drunk driving to get there. He goes, no, no, uh, I did not operate a vehicle. Uh, matter of fact, uh, <clears throat> no, 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 that was uh, that was not me. And they just said, you know what? Go home, call for a ride. So he leaves the parking lot, and there he is uh, driving away in his pickup. And he was stopped and arrested for DWI driving while intoxicated. So there he is uh, charged with uh, a misdemeanor of DWI, and it's going to be many more offenses. Felony aggravated unlicensed operation in the first degree. Aggravated unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle in the first degree. By the way, both of those are felonies since his uh, license was both suspended and then later revoked for an alcohol-related offense. And uh, there he is intoxicated while operating the vehicle, and he'd been popped several times. So, you know, this guy's not a, either he's a very severe alcoholic who is so nuts as to appear drunk. Can you it's, it's like going into uh, court pleading not guilty to drunk driving, and they know you drove up and you're falling down drunk in front of the judge. All right, David, Darwin Award finalist. Now, in order to be a Darwin Award winner, you have to die. You have to die in a rather stupid, insane sense. Favorite being um, guy in Egypt, chicken falls down the well. He jumps in to save the chicken. He drowns, chicken survives. That is a Darwin a winner finalist. That's actually, that's a Darwin winner uh, of the Darwin Award. That was a few years ago. Very, very strong. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a phone call or two. Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, which one? All right, Bob, we'll start with you. Hi, Bob. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. 
Hello? Do I have this right? Bob, is that you? Yeah, that's me. I'm here. All right. What can I do for you, Bob? Yeah. My son just got his divorce papers in the mail. Married two and a half years. She wants to attach his pension. Also, she works, and she wants spousal support. Yeah, that's what happens. So what's your question? Well, I'm wondering, does he need to get a, uh, obviously a lawyer? Or yeah, probably. Advice? Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, she's not going to get much spousal support. If she does, she's going to get six months. Uh, right. She is entitled to half of the two and a half years they were married of his pension, but it's not going to be very much. Okay. And so she's going to go to a lawyer, and, mm-hmm. uh, she, and the lawyer's going to say, you're not going to get very much. The lawyer may or may not... Uh, well, certainly file for divorce and then ask for everything. And unfortunately, your buddy is going to, I have to pay for a lawyer to tell him to go pound sand. But well, that's my son. Oh, your no, son. I'm sorry. I, yeah. uh, I, I misinterpreted that or misunderstood. Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, but, uh, yeah it's, but he's going to have to get a lawyer. She files uh, for divorce and has a lawyer, and uh, they're going to try to, uh, I won't say bamboozle you, but they're going to try to force the issue. And uh, they're going to try to uh, scare you, uh, scare your son, the lawyer, because he's going to play that game, which is why he's going to need a lawyer on his side that can look at her lawyer and go, why don't, you know, let, let's go to court. See what a judge has to say after two and a half years. Why don't you ask for lifetime support? Uh, you know, try that one. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's yeah, the, the bottom line is, yes, he's going to need a lawyer if she's asking for spousal support and she's asking for half the pension. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Carol. Hello, Carol. Hi, Bill. Um, I had a solar company come out, and they gave us their presentation. They told us a year free, no payment. Then after that, the payment would automatically be 125 a month. After tax rebate, 71 a month. And it would be financed through like a Wells Fargo or a bank like that at 3.8 to 4.5%. That was not in the contract. That's just what she told us. A few days later, after the cooling-off period, I get the information. It's actually after a year, 25% interest. Whoa! All right, so you signed... Okay, no, and I'm confused. You signed a contract buying it for financing without seeing the financing terms. Well, it looks that way. Yeah, it looks that way. So um, what do you think, since it was verbal, what do you think when the salesperson, the solar company says... We told her. We told Carol, and she signed I it. I understand. All it says on the contract is approved one year, no payment. Okay. No interest with Green Sky. That's the name of their finance company. All right. Well, then so they, they, after they, that, yeah. then they got you. Okay. They, then they have you because uh, it, you're uh, you're lucky it's not 48% interest. I know. Yeah, because they can charge whatever you want. So you want to know okay, if... So- uh, so, so, well, what we've come down to with them is I told them I can't afford that. I tried to get my own financing. I can't get it, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> we come down to them. I said, I can't do it. And they said, okay, you can get out of it $1,400, and that includes the permits, which are $145, site survey, which to me is the picture they brought at the presentation of the roof of my house. Yep, going the solar that, panels on yep there. that's true. They but took it off Google Earth probably. Regardless, would they have charged me for that if, if I said no? I don't want the, the system. So to me, no, that's no, they wouldn't because it's part of the pitch is they come in with a site plan yeah. anyway. So yeah, yeah so it's yeah. that's yeah, it's fine. So, so, so what's your so what's your so what's your question, Carol? Can I get out of it for just the permits? I mean, I know they're if they let you if they let if they if they let you out of it, you can. If they say no, no, I mean, there's no legal can basis. I, there's no legal basis 
for you okay. to get out of it. You have a contract. Yeah. Okay. And incidentally, okay. uh, even though they did a Google Earth photo and they say yeah. this is the site plan, it's a site plan. Yeah. And they and yeah, they can share. I mean, and they, they could have brought that. I understand. They would have given that to me whether I was. I get it. I get it. I I understand. You know? I understand. But basically, they can charge you whatever the hell they want to get out of the contract. They can charge okay, you two so, cents. So in other words, you have no place to go. Okay. Congratulations. You have. Uh, so you, uh, uh, what do you say to that? You sign a contract, and it says we are going. This is pursuant to a finance agreement that we are going to give you. No percentages, but let me tell you, just between us chickens, even though you're signing it, I'm telling you it's going to be 3.8%. I'm not going to put it in writing, but I'm telling you it's going to be 3.8%. Not bad. God, I'd sell those all day long, wouldn't I? At some point, people call me, aren't they embarrassed? I mean, aren't you just humiliated to call? This is Handle on the Law. I want to wake up. Saturday, more handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. So, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anthony, uh, it's always a good one. I love these. Hello, Anthony. Welcome. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I, was in, I was in a motorcycle crash a few years ago. And I, uh, about later uh, a year later, I got divorce papers. And But uh, my question is, my ex-wife got a graduate degree and a master's degree when we were married. Can I file for spousal support now? Uh, no, it's pretty hard. Uh, I mean, how long were you married? Uh, 20 years. Yeah, I think you can. Yep, yep, yep. And now is she working? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. You're going to need a lawyer, but I think you okay. can. Yeah, I think you can file for spousal support under those circumstances. Yeah, okay. yeah it's only a year out, and even if you didn't ask for them originally, uh, sure. Go to handleonlaw.com. We have, uh, we love lots of male lawyers who got screwed in their divorces. Would love to pick you up on that. Absolutely. All right. Oh, hello. Oh, yes. Fantastic. The answer is yes. No question about it. Yes. All right, Grant. Hi, Grant. Grant, you're up. Yes, good morning. Yes, sir. Um, I'm having a problem with my pool man. Um, over the uh, summer, the pool was uh, uh, very poor, poorly maintained. I took pictures and spoke with the guy that showed up uh, regularly, um, and he... 
did his treatments, whatever. We still couldn't swim in it. It was a terrible summer for us, whatever. But then a black algae um, situation started to arise, mm. um, which grew and grew. And I, as I talked to the pool guy that was showing up every week, and I told him what was going on, and he put this treatment into the pool that was supposed to take care of it. Um, it didn't take care of it. So I was like, you know what? I went on Google. I went on YouTube. And I looked at some videos, and they showed me how to take care of this problem. And I went out and bought wire brushes, and I bought chlorine tablets and a, and a special adapter to apply to it and went to work on this thing and, and got it fixed in two weeks. Um, prior to that, well, prior to me attacking the, the situation, um, I had a past due bill with this guy that was for – you know, three months worth of service, which uh, was just actually uh, just didn't pay attention because this guy doesn't take uh, internet payments, so I had to mail him a check, which is a very rare thing to do. Either way, um, I mailed him a check, um, and it never got deposited, so I eventually went and canceled the check. All uh, right, so what, what's your question? What's going on? Well, Can we have to make this a little is, quicker? He's, well, he's uh, now now he's uh, sending uh, threatening emails. He's uh, threatened to, <coughs> you know, mess with my credit. Uh, oh, he's going to have a hard time thing, messing with blah, your. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. I think he's going to have a hard time messing with your credit. Being a pool guy, uh, and uh, you can always dispute it and say I I don't even know who this guy is, or but, it's not it's not really going to. It, 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 or it's a pool guy, and we're talking about two months in which he didn't do his job. Oh no. It's a three hundred seventy-five dollar bill. How much? Three hundred seventy-five. But so, right. tell him to take you to small claims court. Well, that I've done, but the threatening. I mean, don't worry about the emails. The emails you don't worry about. I mean, that's uh, he's going to keep on sending you emails, and you can just trash those, or you can just send them back saying, "Hey, take me to court." Right. Tell it to but, a judge, and just say, send the same thing. Just well, send it right but, back. Which I've done. All right. And, I, and I've actually taken photographs. All right. Uh, I don't care. I don't, so, what's your question? Well, my question—I guess my question is—I'm under a lot of stress because this guy is constantly oh, who, harassing so, me. And no, he's not harassing you. He's asking you to pay him, right? And he's threatening you. Just to ignore it. B- block out his emails. Just don't pay attention. Put him in. Put him under the junk file. Well, that's easy. okay. Fine. I I mean, what do you do? What do you want? I mean, what do you want? You want to arrest him? Do you want to sue him? No, for- dude. I, I'm thinking: should I perhaps? counter or, or force for, for what? what is he first of all he's not suing you second of all it's not a question of a countersuit what you have to do is you're going to have to get a restraining order and what a judge is going to grant you a restraining order say don't email this guy asking for money unless he's threatening you what in the, and the threat is only your credit correct uh well i i guess so I, I, I mean, if I look through the emails and everything, all the threats involved, whether how good he is at what he does and I, how many okay. – the guy right, that runs yeah. the company that, Okay, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. All right, that's great. All right. All right, uh, LifeLock's identity theft protection. I've been telling you about that for years. I've been a customer of LifeLock. Here's why. One in four people have experienced identity theft. I mean, that's a stunning figure. And LifeLock can help you detect threats to your identity you not even you may not even know about. That's the part that is really scary. Uh, there's a sound engineer named Christian. Joined LifeLock because he said, from my perspective, I know my information's out there. I don't like it, but that's the reality. And in 2014, let me tell you how his decision proved to be a good decision, picking up LifeLock. After receiving an alert from LifeLock, he learned that five cell phone accounts and a department store credit card were opened in his name. 
He called LifeLock, and he said they told me to sit back, relax. They would handle it, and they did. You think he's a happy camper with LifeLock? Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business. But LifeLock is, in my opinion, the best out there, which is why I've been a customer. And you don't want to deal with identity theft on your own if your identity is compromised. That's a nightmare. Go to LifeLock.com or call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your membership. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here on a uh, Saturday right until 11 o'clock. 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. All right, back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, Hello, Kim. Hello. Yes, ma'am. So my family and I have been living in an apartment for about the last seven months. And we have a dog. And recently, my husband was walking the dog. And a neighbor said that his spouse had um, said our dog attacked her dog in the middle of the night that he got out. We were home that night. We know our dog didn't get out. Well, I recently received, this was weeks ago, I recently received an email from our apartment complex uh, office, and they're saying that this is the second problem they've had with our dog, which, first of all, we've never been notified of another problem. And then also they're saying that they already addressed this problem with us back a couple weeks ago. Well, this is all via email. I never received an email. All right. So what's your question? My question is, they're saying that, and now this is all documented, they're saying that if this keeps continuing, they can evict us. Well, they can, but but here's how you have to respond. Is First of all, I never got an email, <clears throat> the first email, and I'd love to see the copy of the sent email because there's a, obviously there's a record of it. Second of all, the dog was in our apartment that entire night. It did not get out. Obviously, this is someone who is looking at either a retaliation or simply wants to go after us. Correct. And uh, that's and, and she can keep on complaining and complaining. And what's going to happen at some point, they're going to evict you uh, if she keeps on going and they want you out. Uh, if it's more important to have her there than you there and she's making it untenable for you, uh, then they just throw you out. Uh, is Do you live in a rent control area? Uh, yes, I live in Laguna Niguel, California. Sorry. Is that is that rent control? I believe it's rent control. Then yeah, you're fine. I, then if you're rent control, you're fine because then you go in front of the rent control board, and uh, they they're not going to be able to throw you out because you're going to argue uh, that this is a retaliatory eviction, and you can't do that in a rent control because there are plenty of protections with rent control ordinances. Okay, great. And then just, my what is that? When we go to rent another place, is that when they call, they're going to no, say that's my liability. Yeah, no, you, what you do is tell the other place you have a dog. This is what happened. Uh, in no way did my dog ever do this. And here is a copy of all the emails. And uh, if they're either going to rent to you or not. I mean, that's the problem that you have when you're stuck with one of these neighbors. Why don't you start complaining about her dog? Okay. Doing the same thing. No, no. Uh, your dog bit my dog. She's okay. lying. It's the other way around. She's just trying okay. to get. She's just trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And just okay, start okay. and just start complaining like crazy to them. Okay. The dog's making noise every week. Dog's making noise. Dog is uh, dog is pooping in front of my uh, in front of the door. Okay. And you know how you go, you go to one of those joke stores and you get the the plastic uh, poop. <laughs> yeah. Put it right in front of your door and start snapping pictures. Okay. Okay. Just go okay. crazy. You, you just can't sit back and let all of that happen. Oh, Brian. Hi, Brian. You're up. Oh, so in 2015, my father fell and broke his neck and became paralyzed from the neck down. Ooh. My brother became the legal, the, uh, the power of attorney, power of his estate. So my father went down to Los Angeles to live with my brother. And since then, he died in 2016. Just last week, I was subpoenaed with a lawsuit for the wrongful death of my father. How, how so? Listed wait, wait. So who is, who, is su- who is suing you for wrongful death? My brother is suing the apartment complex, and below that, I'm listed versus as a nominal defendant. But uh, what, so, what is the allegation against you? I mean, when you are listing a defendant and a nominal defendant, I don't even know what that means. But uh, yes, what is the allegation? What is the allegation against you, how you caused that wrongful death of your dad? That's what I'm, I'm not clear on. Me neither. It's my understanding. My understanding is that he had to notify me because I'm one of two of his sons. So they had to list me on there. As a defendant? That that he's suing the apartment complex. So check this out. So I called the lawyers that my brother hired, and I was really taken aback when they came out and said, well, if you'd like, I I can list you as a plaintiff instead of a defendant. Well, you can't. No, you can be a defendant for wrongful death because it's your dad. You're the one that's so damaged. Like, someone, someone is involved in the in, in the uh, the killing or uh, the your dad dying through someone's negligence. Yes. You can sue them for wrongful death. Okay, so let me ask you this, Handel. In my interest, my brother and I um, haven't spoken since my dad's uh, death. I'm terribly bad. And is it my best interest to be listed with the attorney that my brother hired, or to get my own? I would attorney? initially, I would initially get your own lawyer, but in the end. Uh, this thing is going to disappear very, very quickly, and the only person that's going to be left uh, is uh, the two of you suing the apartment complex for wrongful death. And what is it the apartment complex did wrong? I'm just curious. What is the basis of the wrongful well, death? And it, in their handle, it says that they didn't have proper – because my father fell down a flight of stairs and broke his neck and then landed face down in a decorative pond. Lovely. In the lawsuit, they're saying they didn't have proper railings. All right. So, uh, all right. And so it changed. Uh, the initial lawsuit, I'm assuming, was simply for uh, the pure negligence for the injury, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So then that changed to wrongful death. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what uh, you being a nominal defendant, yeah, you sound like a plaintiff to me. I have no idea what nominal defendant means, how uh, the lawsuit names the other brother being negligent. Uh, I, don't have any idea how that works. All right, uh, Mark. Hello, Mark. You're up. Welcome. Hey, uh, I, I just filled out a DNR with my sister. She's in one of the large hospitals in the area. And the number C on the DNR is uh, no artificial means of nutrition, including feeding tubes. I've been trying to talk her into doing that, but she put on her DNR. She did not want that. She did she not want what? Right. what? She put on her DNR that she does not want what? 
A feeding tube. All right, so she does not want a feeding tube. So she signed the DNR saying, I do not want a feeding tube. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay, and got it's it. It's been filled out, and it's got all the signatures okay. and dates on it and stuff. Well, you know, I was trying to talk her into getting one, but me talking her into it and what she wants are two different things. She can't communicate exactly. She has ALS. She can't communicate at all except for on a pad of paper. Apparently, they grabbed her on Thursday and put a, a feeding tube on there. If I read her notes, she's telling her to stop to get me out of there. When I finally caught up with her, she was absolutely beside herself, panicky, and she said they restrained me. They didn't listen to her at all. They didn't follow. And there's I don't a, know what to do. Okay, there's a feeding tube, and yeah. uh, it's against her DNR. Exactly. Okay, well, uh, yeah. Uh, you may even have to go to a lawyer on this one because uh, you, do you have a copy of the DNR? I got it in my hand. All right. You, I, here's what I would do is uh, Monday morning, first thing is you find out who the CEO of the hospital is. Okay. And you send him a copy of the DNR and saying that the physicians are going directly against her DNR, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what, what she wanted. Yep. Okay? The directive. And gotcha. just say there will be liability uh, because you are arguing you, what, what you're doing is violating the law and you're violating her wishes. And it's going to it's going to blow up. I think once the management, some doctor or some uh, group of nurses and doctors have a burr up their rear end and simply don't believe in uh, this entire concept of letting. Uh, well, they believe. Letting in, you, yeah. No. Letting you die. Just no. letting you die. They don't buy. There's a whole world of medicine that uh, that do, sh- that doctor shall do no harm means doing everything heroic to keep someone alive, whether or not they want to, because yeah. it's not that person who's controlling whether the, that per- that they should live or die. God makes that determination, and Amen. and God wants you to feed her, even if she doesn't want to get fed. All right, so that's what I would do. Try it with the uh, the CEO of the hospital and just get really aggressive. Should I do that in person or in writing? Uh, I would do it in writing because you want to uh, send it. You know, you don't want to do it in person. You'll be waiting in the waiting room for the next twenty years. Uh, okay. s- send an email. Find out who it is. Co- make a copy. Scan that and say what are you doing. And if they, there isn't a response immediately, you go to a lawyer. Okay. And there you. are and there are lawyers out there that uh, really believe that uh, your uh, sister has the right to not have a, a feeding tube crammed down her uh, through her nose. All right, this is Handle on the Law. Well, I don't know what I don't know, so I kick my shoes off and run. KFI Handle here on a uh, Saturday. Uh, welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Uh, hi, Allison. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. Um, my question, I was, I'm in Southern California as part of the Thomas Fire problem. Yeah. Uh, I lost half my home. One moment. I, I lost sorry. my garage. Okay, you lost part of your home. You lost your garage. Right. Okay. And a granny flat, which was a detached unit from my house. Fair enough. And it turns out that my insurance will only cover $75,000 on a detached dwelling which won't cover about half of what it will cost me to replace. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and then I have an adjuster who, you know, of course, that's it. It's a flat rate. I'm going to get $75,000. However, my house is also seriously smoke damaged. And they say they, um, they're they going to pay to have my 
my drywall removed on my roof, my ceilings, my insulation replaced, I guess my air ducting replaced. All right. So what's your question? They're going to do what they said they're going to do under the insurance policy. What's your question, Allison? Right. Well, I don't think they're going to go far enough to do what needs to be done on the inside of my home. They're All right. To. So my question to you is twofold. Should I just get a lawyer right off the bat or just keep working with well, I don't know. I, it, well, here, here's the problem. You get a lawyer... And have they already, uh, when, when you say, I don't think they're going to do what has to be done, I don't quite know what that means. Are you saying it's not going to be a good enough job? Or are you saying that they're only going to do partially what they what uh, the policy calls for inside your house? Because it hasn't been done yet. Right, right. I believe that they're going to try and chance out and say, oh. Well, right. So you, you believe that's going to happen. So you go to a lawyer, you pay several hundred dollars an hour. And the lawyer says, so, Allison, what's your case? Well, I believe that they're not going to do what they promised to do. Right. All right. Uh, good. That's $600 for the consultation. Call me when they do it or don't do it. Okay. All right. So there's uh, that. What's the other one? Um, the state has some sort of, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, for helping you with insurance claims or or. No, I understand. The, the, the insurance commissioner. But what uh, what are you going to claim at this point? Well, I don't. I, I don't know that I'm going to claim anything. Right. So I, I'm I'm working with the the farmers of justice so far. All right. So what's what's your? I don't know what your question is, Allison. Am I if I'm am I smart enough to do this by myself, or should I be getting somebody? There's nothing. There's nothing to do right now. I don't quite understand what you want to do. Um. Well, make, just to make sure I get get it done right. Okay. Well, then you tell them I want to get it done right. Now, you could hire a contractor. That's probably the best way oh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. Then you hire a contractor to make sure it's done right. And okay. you could hire a contractor while they're doing it and pay thousands and thousands of dollars, which are not going to get reimbursed. Uh, but, you know, what I would do is, um, you know, I would just let them do it. Usually they're pretty good because they have to hire a contractor or you hire one and they have to pay for the right. contractor. And see, so you're anticipating they're going to screw up. Right. And uh, and you want to take some kind of legal action before the hand, before the case. So there oh, you are driving down the street, and I know you're going to hit me. You may not have hit me yet, but I know your car is going to hit me, and I'm going to hire a lawyer to make sure that when you do hit me, I'm properly represented. That's what you're saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice talking to you. This is Handle on the Law. AM 640. Bill Handle here on a Saturday, uh, right up at 11 o'clock. It is Leo Laporte, and that's from 11 to 2 o'clock. He's also on tomorrow, 11 to 2. Uh, later on today, uh, one of my favorite shows, uh, maybe my most favorite show, has to do with food. How unusual. And Neil Savedro with a Fork Report. 
And uh, then uh, that's until 5 o'clock, from 2 to 5. Mo Kelly from 6. And uh, at 8 o'clock, Monique Marvez comes in, and then Brian Suit. So that's our Saturday lineup. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have no case. All right. Now, South Carolina, the latest or at least uh, a recent case in which uh, an Amtrak train plows into a freight train, uh, actually rear-ends the freight train, kills a conductor, and an engineer. This happened in South Carolina. So could have this been prevented? Absolutely. No issue this could have been prevented. And uh, incidentally, more than 100 passengers were injured. And how this could have been prevented? Well, a GPS-based system called Positive Train Control. It knows the location of all the trains, positions of all the switches in the area, and very simply, if a train is going too fast or too close to another uh, another train or goes off on the wrong track or is approaching a turn too quickly, uh, the computer slows it down. Computer stops a train. Computer stops a collisions. Makes sense. Decades ago, positive train control was, in fact, in, in, in the law was passed. Now, the train industry, and I don't know why, because they're arguing how expensive it is. Uh, they have uh, said uh, and constantly argue that the law that to install these positive train control systems be delayed and delayed and delayed over and over again. And since the train lobby, of course, has enormous, enormous power and arguing it's just too expensive, it's too complicated to install this. We need more time. We need more time. We need more time. Uh, that's what happened. Now, uh, I, I have a question, and uh, it's real simple. How is it possible that the train industry somehow is figuring out it's cheaper to pay 100 injured passengers, in this case, for example, and you have uh, the conductor of uh, the train who is uh, has been killed, and I'm assuming the engineer, they're going to argue that the engineer's family uh, can't collect for wrongful death uh, because he was the one that was at fault. He was the one that was negligent. Okay, fine. But everybody else collects, and I guess they're doing their math. And the math for the train companies is real simple. It is cheaper to pay off people who are killed, and every year they are, than institute the program, and we're going to just keep on going delay, 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 and delay. And there is still a good portion of the United States, the train tracks, that do not have positive uh, train control. God, I don't understand it. And I, and if I'm in front of a jury, I mean, I don't even know if you can bring this up. Uh, but if I'm a lawyer, and I'm probably not, saying uh, my client, who is the family, of course, who lost their loved one, this would have been adverted had they simply instituted positive train control. And they didn't. And the law says they should. And they could have. Matter of fact, I think other than the law part, I think that simply the decision not to institute as a preventive measure would be enough, I think. I think that could get into a jury. I would nail Amtrak. Nail them. All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Hey, Frederick. Hi, how are you? Yes, sir. Um, What can I do for you? I had a question. I I had rented a car here in Orange County at John Wayne Airport, and I drove it up to Oregon. Um, And then I had to extend the car uh, a couple times. Well, the third time, I was never told that that was the final extension. So the fourth time when I called in to extend the rental up in Oregon, um, 
they said that there was a three-time extension that I was in a penalty phase, but there happened to be a mechanical issue with the car. So when I went to the airport, I was told I could go there and exchange the car. They said I couldn't because I was in the penalty phase of a three-time extension rule that they had where you could not do it past that no matter what. So I was forced to drive home in that car uh, from Oregon down to back down to John Wayne. And when I got back in, they said I was in collections. But in the meantime, the mechanical issue, it was like it was accelerating and then you had to hit the brakes for it to stop. But the long story short, uh, Mr. Randall, is when I got back there and did my research there, and, and I asked the lady on the phone, she said there's no written policy where that that where it's written down like that. It was it was like they were making up the rule. All right, uh, uh, real quick, uh, you you signed an agreement, Frederick. Uh, Frederick, there is a rental agreement, uh, and that's correct. what's go- that's what's going to control, not what anybody says. Because if it turns, right, and it's not in the rental agreement. <laughs> there's nothing about a penalty phase in the rental agreement. No, sir. And, oh, and then, they, they then there's no then there's no penalty phase, Frederick. Yeah. I mean, it's real yeah. simple. I, I mean, she can say, also, I want you to pay me $1,000 uh, for you to continue on. Okay. Uh, where's that oh, written? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just write me a check. I mean, why not? Well, that, that prevented me from getting another car up in Oregon. But also, when I got back, they said I was in collections. I got it. And then they... And then they went and charged my credit card, saying I was in collection. Well, the first thing you have to do is call your credit card company and, of course, dispute it. They uh, have done, have done okay. that. Okay. Yep. Uh, how much money do they charge you? Uh, $851. Okay. So you, you, know, you also get to sue them in small claims court uh, for all the damages, any, anything that's out of pocket. And so okay. we are uh, – what, what company was it, by the way? It was budget. Okay. So you get to find out where the nearest budget office is near, near you or uh, – Whatever corporate regional headquarters probably the easiest, and file a lawsuit, and um, you know take it to the um, uh, sheriffs will serve them, and you'll get a court date, and you're going to well, argue eight hundred fifty bucks. What type of lawyer was? Uh, no, no, you don't want a lawyer. No, you do, you do it yourself. Now, even for making me drive back from Oregon in that in that car I, without explaining. Yeah, I don't know what that's worth though. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to come up with a figure. What is that worth? My life. It was very dangerous. It was dangerous. Okay, excellent. So, therefore, okay, what is your life worth? Because clearly you lost your life on this. What is your life oh, worth? I, didn't. I could have, but... Uh, you could have. In my, let me tell you, if my grandmother had the right plumbing, she would have been my grandfather. But she's not <laughs> because she doesn't have the right plumbing. If I walk out of here, out of, the, out of my building, and a meteorite takes my head off, uh, I could. But, it's, but if it doesn't happen, I can't sue the meteorite company. Okay, the last question is when I turned the car in, everything, the inspection was fine, and okay. now they're saying damage to the car that they're trying to come after. Then what you do is you dispute all of it. Is that part of the $851 or there's more? No, no, that was after. Okay, <laughs> here's what you do. Whatever they charge on your credit card, uh, you instantly dispute it. And if the car, if the credit card company uh, doesn't send you the bill, they expect you accept your dispute, Frederick, you're, there's no damage. Right, you're right. So yeah, I, I have that in process, but the, it's with our credit union. But yeah, the, the, this is coming afterwards. Yeah, no, I get it. So it depends. And if it turns out that uh, you're you're not out any money, then your damage is non-existent. Other than you're going to tell everybody at uh, at uh, at the budget place that you hate budget, and then I would call. <laughs> uh, I really would call the vice president in charge of. I almost got killed. Uh, and there's somewhere there's a vice president who's in charge of that, and say, hey, look what you guys did to me, and I don't appreciate it, and I'd like you to do something and see if they give you a voucher. I mean, whatever. You just start screaming. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah try it. it. Okay? All right. All right, sir. Bye. I love that. I could have. Could have happened. Yeah, could have. But it didn't. All right. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Uh, hey, Bob, welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I purchased, October, I purchased a brand new car. It's supposed to be in. Uh... I got a home and I uh, was waiting for the, my license plate. When I got my license plate, I went to put them on, and right behind the dealer logo was somebody else's license plate on. Oh, so you, I assume you took it back to the uh, dealer. Yes, I did. Yep. And they said nobody knows anything. They don't know how the plate got on. And the plates are all they were, they were renewed, but uh, they were wild. To, to, uh, yeah, but it doesn't, it, does, it doesn't matter. You have your own plates, right? I had my own plates, and I didn't know that I had. I got. I have. Did you get? Did you get on. new plates? Do you have a? Is it a new car or a used car? No, that's a brand new car. Okay, like new so plate. you so you have. Uh, so if someone else put plates on it. It's not your problem. You just take take their plates off. No, because but what I'm saying, the, the plates were hidden behind the dealer's logos. I don't even know what was on. I didn't even know who was driving my car. But it, it oh, okay. Car. How many miles is on the car? They say 18, but I don't know. Did they change it? Did they move it? Oh, that's that's a different story. Uh, now uh, you've got. Was it a big dealership? It is. I would. I I, you know what? what it is? Uh, I've got to tell you. If you think that uh, the car has miles and they brought the speedometer back, you have to go to an independent mechanic. And what you have to uh-huh. do is have it checked out. And if it turned out oh, okay. that it does have miles on it, you go back to the dealership and go, you guys are in a lot of trouble. This is a what you have just done is a federal violation. That's a big deal, Bob, uh, to, yeah. especially if for a dealership to t- change the mileage. That is no small uh, deal. Yeah, Bob, I don't know what they did. Only, uh, somebody was being used. Yeah, no, no, if it has 18 miles on it, Bob, who could use it? What do you mean somebody uh, was using it? What does that mean? With 18 miles, so someone drove, and you know that uh, you know when I got my mine, I think I had 12 or 13 miles with a new car because they do test it, they drive it a little bit. So what right. do you think happened? You're saying that at 18 the miles, you think someone took it and used it? Well, somebody used it, and why would they? How do you know plate? someone used it as opposed to just the plates being put on by mistake? Does that mean somebody used it, or someone just for somehow it got the plates got behind the uh, the, the the car? What does that mean? Does that mean it was used? Well, that means somebody was being driving. I tried to t- ask with eighteen people, miles, I- someone was driving it. Unless, like I said, unless they moved the miles over. Uh, okay, Bob, we've done this. We're now going around and around and around, Bob. Thank you for calling. Uh, hello, Edward. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Hi, Bill. Question is, I have a uh, purchased a, a piece of property, and I had paid the loan off per the loan agreement. It's paid all the interest, paid the uh, principal, and uh, the lender is not willing to reconvey the property back to me unless I pay an additional uh, $240. For, for what? To, to fill out the paperwork so that it uh, goes into public record saying that it's been paid off. But I met all of the terms of the loan, so I don't think I, I need to owe that. 
Well, I don't think I need to pay that. Uh... When I asked how much is owed, the balance is zero. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, but when you when you borrowed the money, have you, have you looked at the terms of uh, the lending agreement itself? I met all the terms. No, no, and there was nothing that said there will be a charge for reconveyance. Nope. There, there is no language like that in the uh, loan agreements. All right, you know what I would do uh, is you want it reconveyed. I pay the two hundred forty dollars right. and turn around and sue in small claims court. Because here's what you want to do. Do you want to get a do you do you want to get a lawyer who's going to ask the court to mandate to order the lender to go ahead and reconvey? Well, that no. lawyer is going to be hundreds of dollars an hour. Right. So what I would do is simply pay it or negotiate with them. Okay. And just say, tell you what, this is complete BS. And yep. uh, it, uh, you know, it doesn't make much sense. See what they say. What, are, have you argued with them at all? Yeah, I've, I, uh, yeah, yes, I have. And, and you there, said, and you, and you, and you have said that there is nothing in the term of the loan that says you have to pay for the reconveyance. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And and so they say, part, too, and they say, too bad, right? That's correct. Okay. See, here's what I do with uh, situations like that: is say, why don't you make it a hundred thousand dollars? What difference does it make? Just go ahead and extort me and say, or $5,000. You don't pay $5,000, we're not going to reconvey. I mean, that's it's pure extortion is what it is, Edward. But it's only 240 right. bucks, so it's not going to kill you. And then I would sue them. Okay. That's what, I mean, that's, makes it, that's the simplest way of dealing it. Is, a, is a judge going to order it? Of course the judge is going to order it. Now the problem is you pay a lawyer. Can you ask for attorney's fees? Of course you can. Are they going to go to court? I mean, who needs that? All right, David. Hello, David. Welcome yeah. to Handle on the Law. Hi. Yes. Okay. So, so uh, uh, my neighbor had some visitors over this past weekend, and they were all getting, they got all drunk, and one of them revved their car, revved their engine, and then zoomed out of my my driveway. In the process, they they sideswiped my car, but okay. they still took off. Okay. We called, we made a report and all that, blah blah blah. But they they can't find the driver, so I'm wondering who who can I go? Can I go after my neighbors for my deductible? Uh, I, they, you they're can, saying they I, don't know but, him. Uh, well, they may not. Uh, they can say he's just a guy who showed up. They're not responsible, David. And uh, what you well, can, yeah, you can, uh, and you have to file a lawsuit, and you can bring them in as witnesses and uh, question them on a, on a subpoena deposition. But they're going to say we don't know the guy. He just showed up at a party. Uh, they were saying that he dropped off someone, but okay. he was sitting with them. It, 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 good, and they're going to say that's not the case. Where he just started talking and they dropped someone off. I mean, you you would have to prove they knew. They knew him, and they go, "We don't know him." So, how do you prove they knew him? Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, you're gonna. You're, how much is your deductible? Oh, five hundred. Congratulations! That just cost you five hundred dollars. <laughs> All right. All right. This is handle on the law. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Uh, pleasure having you here. And this is Handel on the Law, marginal legal advice. Oh, hello, Ryan. Ryan, what, yes, welcome to Handel on the Law. What can I do for you? Yeah, how are you, uh, Handel? Thanks. Um, I am um, I'm currently employed, but I've been working uh, for the last couple of months in a situation where uh, my employer has um, uh, taken away my direct report. Uh, reduced my duties significantly. 
uh, and has basically not given me information as far as why this is happening. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty much isolated into a corner physically, mm. um, and my job duties, again, and responsibilities have pretty much been given over to my direct report. Ah, okay. I've reached out to my hiring manager for, you know, information. I've reached out to uh, his hiring, his, I'm not, his manager. Uh, I reached out to HR. Okay. Uh, and I still haven't gotten any information as far as why right. this is happening. Got it. And you want to know uh, what you can do about it? Yeah. Right. I'm, I mean, they're causing okay. me a lot of stress. No, I get it. I no, I get it. Know. All right. You know what? Uh, let me look this up because I happen to have some research here just about that, what you can do about it. And it's... Uh, Oh, nothing. That's what you can do about it. Not a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, Employers can do what they want with you. They can freeze you out. Uh, They can give you absolutely no leadership, no communication. And it's um, uh, there is uh, there's a legal phrase, too, uh, that is uh, appropriate. And uh, that's uh, TFB. You know what that stands for? Uh, Yes, that's exactly what it stands for. What is that? Uh, never mind. Uh, I want to. <laughs> I want to keep this show. All right. So much for Ryan. But employers can do any damn thing they want. Okay. Uh, anyway, for those of you that don't know what TFP, look it up. Uh, it's. I don't know where you can look that up, but it's too bad with a word or two thrown in the middle of it. All right. Uh, Greg. Hello, Greg. What can I do for you? Hi. Um, our next door neighbor owns her house, and it has a big tree in the front yard. We believe that this tree will collapse eventually, and it could injure or kill someone on the sidewalk or street. Mm-hmm. We don't want to call the city because we've had some conflict with her in the past. So if something bad happens, are we liable because we did not call the city? No, no, not at all. She's totally liable. Uh, that answers the question yep. in a binary way, and I thank you. Okay, in a binary way as opposed to a singular way? What's binary about, no, you're not responsible? I guess that's binary to some people. Uh, hello, Jesse. You're up. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, sir. Can you uh, take Equifax to small claims before because of the data breach? Uh, well, how have you been damaged? Well, I have to pay for those uh, subscriptions for companies that you uh, talked about on the Okay, I'm sorry. I'm losing. You're you're not on. You're on a cell phone. You're not on a speakerphone, are you? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. All right. So can you hear me now. Yeah. So can you take Equifax to small claims court? And I ask you what your damages are. What are your damages? I'm gonna I'm gonna say nothing yet. But right, you know, nothing. You can stop right there. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. How do you sue for damages that have not occurred? Your Honor, I want to sue for damages. Okay, any particular amount of damages? Nothing yet. Well, how about guessing? Uh, I don't know, $200? Really, you're guessing. Why not $200,000 if you're guessing? Okay. Okay, so there you go. There's your answer. Yep. Don't you love it? Uh, hello, Ed. Ed, you there? Yes. Okay, yes, what can, yes sir. For, yes, sir. Dating a girl, and um, she... The father of her child um, was recently let go from a, a local police department. I'm not going to say which police department it was. Okay. Um, but he, he was let go from a police department, and right now she's freaking out because all of a sudden she's not getting that nice uh, child support money from him. Right. Because he's unemployed. 
So basically, um, the question I have for you is, is she just going to be shafted and not have uh, be able to get any money from Well, him I mean, it, obviously, you can't, yeah, you, can't get, uh, you can't get blood out of a turnip, as they say. Uh, so uh, they, if there's no money to pay, there's no money to pay. Now, it does accrue. In other words, he owes the money, and he's already, if he hasn't made, for example, the last month's payment, he's in arrears already. And he owes the money. Okay. And uh, but uh, what here's what the issue she has is him going into court and saying, pending me getting another job, I can't afford support because I just don't have any money. OK. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it at this point. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, in the end, he does have to pay. In the end, he will pay. And in the end, he will owe it. And if the only issue is that he is out of work and doesn't physically have the money, then you're probably okay. If he's a flake, uh, then it's a question of chasing after, and then you get involved with the county, and they go after, and it gets to be a little complicated. Uh, Gabriel. Hello, Gabriel. Yes, hello. I have a question regarding regarding uh, customers that I have. I'm a contractor, and I basically have a contract with a, with a couple that is $125,000. We work on everything that they want, and everything on the contract says that it's a... Uh, basically, it's standard, standard sink, standard, standard. Uh, yeah, okay. Running. Yep. And yep. now, and now, uh, d- during the time that I'm working, they they basically upgrade everything. Sure. They upgrade sure. the sink, upgrade it. Now we got it in the point that we already passed the 125 to 135. And I'm wondering if I can stop everything. Yeah, I would. I would at this point because they're asking for. Uh, they're asking for upgrades that are not in the contract. You can now say the contract is breached uh, and say uh, we're done. Now, how did it get to 135 over 125? Did you give the extras already? Yes, I already. Uh, then you're an I idiot. Already... Then Gabriel, you're a moron for having already given extras because you're now out ten thousand dollars because you've. No, all... but I have. But I still have a lot of things that they're asking for. No, I understand. So how about this? You say no to that. But if they're willing to uh, allow the uh, the standard going in, because that's all you're willing to put in, then what happens is you're simply out $10,000 for the upgrade uh, that they asked for, and you, like a moron, said okay and put it in. You're absolutely correct. Where are you from, by the way, Gabriel? I'm Israeli. Oh, you're Israeli. Okay. So how unusual, an Israeli contractor. Boy, I've never heard of that in my life. So, uh, so Gabriel, how do you say uh, I'm an idiot in uh, Hebrew? Aniti Tesh. Aniti Tesh. There you go. That's what I want you to say. All right, Gabriel. Nice talking to you. Aniti Tesh. Okay, fair enough. This is Handle on the Law. She's a California This is KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Christine. Hi, Christine. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. It's an honor to speak to you. I listen to you constantly. I really value your judgment and your thoughts. Of course you do. I'm located here in Salt Lake City, and I, I own a rental home in Logan, Utah, a 1930s Art Deco home, which requires customary Ooh. customization. I love those homes. Projects. Love those homes. <laughs> I know you had one at one time. So um, there's this round doorway that's quite exciting to look at, uh, quite bold in its design, and I needed a screen door to go over it. So I continue to call these handyman throughout the area. Finally, one agrees to come. 
So um, he meets us there, and he measures it and says, um, yes, I couldn't do this. It'll cost $400. And uh, then he goes to the statement, let's see, I might need some um, money in advance, about maybe $200. Uh-huh. Christine did my husband. I need Titesh, okay? Uh, Christine, at some point when a contractor comes in and says, I'd like half up front, and he's a handyman as opposed to a a company which would never ask for money up front uh what does that tell you so let me let me finish this you've paid him uh he never either showed up or didn't finish the job or the job was crap correct he never well he didn't finish it he kept okay. calling it right. 16 and then didn't i know there's a i'm assuming there's a thousand dollars okay hold on there's a written contract yes there is all right so but that's my, easy Let's see, you finish the job, and you hire another company to do it because you're not going to have him, and whatever the difference is uh, that you're paying between the contract and what you're going to have to pay, you sue him, the small claims court. Uh, but you're talking about a handyman? Why Why would you go to a handyman, Christine? Uh, there's nothing here in Utah. And in Utah, they don't have companies that do screens? No, they said they have to go out. They have to set it out. It's like I said, nineteen thirties round door. No, I understand. So it it's a custom. So it's a custom made screen. I get that. Right. Uh-huh. So yeah. companies that make screens don't. Uh, they they're not in your area, or you can't take your. They measure- have to fabricate it. So what? Of course they have to fabricate it, Christine. A round uh, window, of course. He thought he could make it. Oh and then God! Then he said, "I'll go to a fabrication." All right, yeah, place. Christine. Oh, All right, so your question. So I'll tell you now. Uh, yes, you can sue. Uh, yes, you have damages, and good luck. Finish it up. You'll end up at a fabricator. You'll pay extra money, and you can sue him for the difference. But how do you get it from him, though? Because we get, get what? You sue him. You, you sue him, and you'll get a judgment. You'll never collect. But that's more than the $200, isn't it? More than what we've given him? You're talking about, what, the, the cost of suing him? Well, yes. No, no. It's it's Well, yes. It's going to cost you money because you have to have filing fees, and, you get the, and you'll also get the money back for the service of process. So, for example, here in Southern California, it would cost you about $150. You would, however, get that part of the judgment. The judge goes... X number, X dollar damages plus the costs. So, but here's your problem, Christine. Your guy sounds like a flake. And he is. He's a total flake from L.A. Okay. Oh, yeah. of course he is. He's L.A. Uh, the problem is you probably won't even be able to collect. You're, it's good. It's basic. That's right, but, so uh, leave it alone. Just hire someone, pay the extra money, and don't ever hire a contractor for this. Okay? That's it. There's nothing more to say. I feel bad for you. No, I don't even feel bad for you. What am I talking about? Ah, uh, yeah, deserved it because you're a moron. All right, Chantel. Hello, Chantel. Hello. Yes, ma'am. I, ha- I have a question. My husband had obtained a debt before we had gotten married, and the collection agency is now trying to get a hold of me through him. Or, I'm sorry, him through me. Um, and I asked them how they got my number, and they said they did something called a skip tracing. Yep. Um, I'm not sure what that is. I've it's just fine. It's just it. doing all it is is doing research to find out where you are. That's it. A, a, okay. sk- a skip trace. I mean, technically, it's someone who has skipped, who has left, and then they tr- they track them down. But basically, a skip trace is uh, just looking for someone and then finding out uh, where that person is and where that person works and that sort of thing. So uh, today, uh, it's not even skip trace. You just look someone up on the internet and you can find them. Uh, so what what is your question? Just what is a skip trace? Um, well, no, if that's legal for them to harass. Oh me, no, they. So what, what is her? Well, what is harassment? What are they doing so to you? 
So they're calling me constantly. Okay, that's it. That's easy. That's easy. You call them back and you say you are now harassing me. Okay. You are now harassing me. Officially, this is harassment. Okay. And if they call you back again, then what you do is say, uh, I am now recording this phone call. And if you can, and I'm assuming by you continuing on, you have agreed to my recording. Believe me, they'll stop. They'll stop harassing you. Okay. Okay. You You got, and you don't have to say anything to them, by the way. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Just tell them to go stuff it. That's what I would do. But then again, that's me. Juan. Hello, Juan. Welcome. What can I do for you? It's Ron. Uh, Ron, excuse me. This is spelled J-U-A-N is what my screener put up. So what, what does J-U-A-N stand, uh, spell? Um, R-O-N. Okay. What does J-U-A-N spell? Uh, Juan. Juan, that is correct. That is the name I'm looking at, Juan. So we're going to call you Juan. I'm calling you Juan. Okay, Juan, because it's written. What it is written, what is printed, I believe. There you go. All right. Um, I went to uh, UCLA UCLA Harbor County Hospital to have a Mohs surgery for skin cancer. Okay. They did a really bad surgery, and it came back really bad, the tumor, where I was sent to head and neck, and they wanted to cut my ear off. Mm. Instead, I found a doctor who said chemo and radiation would work. The uh, county would cover the chemo, but not the radiation. I had to pay for radiation out of my own pocket. I have no insurance. Um, everybody tells me there's no way to go after them for, you know. Yeah, it's tough. How much did you have to pay? Um, 50, 60,000. You, uh, well, you owe 50, 60,000 dollars. Yes. All right. Okay. That's easy. Just, you go bankrupt on it. You're never going to be able to pay that. No, I know that. And the doctor knows that too. He was just hoping that. So what's, so that's that's not going to happen. And if the doctor had any brains, what he would do is simply apply for, uh, Medi-Cal and, uh, they make the, uh, and they simply apply and that's what hospitals get. And doctors, right. when they apply, and they get reimbursed to an extent by the state. So uh, right. you're not going to owe a dime, but you're talking about the malpractice, right? Right, yeah. Okay. I, you know, everybody says no one's going to take it since it's county. That is correct. And, I pretty, and that's pretty much what I feel. Yeah, okay. no one's going to take it because it's county. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's basically it. They're not going to sue the county. It's too long. It's too, uh, yeah. And especially uh, if there's no long term now, uh, if it turns out they did cut off your ear, uh, and, I'm, and I'm the defense attorney, and I and I would ask, do you have any Van Gogh paintings at home? Are you a fan of Van Gogh? All right? Come on. You know, and you're bitching about an ear being cut off? Please. Don't forget, uh, when you uh, want a lawyer, you go to handleonlaw.com. In case you haven't guessed it yet, the legal advice provided on this show is marginal at best. How's that for informed consent? When you really need a lawyer... You go to handleonlaw.com. When you need those documents, those forms, you go to handleonlaw.com. When you need uh, help, for example, from private investigators, you go to handleonlaw.com. That's the place to go for real legal help. This is Handle on the Law.